the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. We're at episode 459. I'm your host, Paul Spain, and with me today is guest Greg Hutana. Welcome along, Greg. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. Uh, now, Greg, maybe you can remind listeners where you fit into this world of uh, technology. I'm the services manager here at Gorilla Technology. I support Paul every day in the business and uh, the rest of the crew here. Excellent. Well, um, all, it's it's always good working with you, Greg, and uh, great to have your perspectives uh, back on the New Zealand Tech Podcast this week. Now, uh, a fair few things to, uh, to cover off. Um, first up, I wanted to cover the topic that is the reason that this show will go online at 2 a.m. Wednesday morning, even though uh, technically we're recording a little a little earlier than that. Uh, and that is the announcement of the new uh, the new GoPro product. And I guess GoPro is this sort of brand now. It's been around for a, for a long time. They really introduced the concept of the action camera, and you know, I think in the, you know, in the their early days, it was sort of you know pre-digital. Their very their very first camera or prototype. I haven't sort of looked too closely at the early days of uh, GoPro, but you know, quite it seems like a, an interesting uh, story as a business. But in recent years, of course, you've seen uh, a whole lot of competition and uh, DJI jumping into uh, into the space that that GoPro have uh, have predominantly. Uh, uh, predominantly owned, uh, but they seem to keep uh, keep pushing through. And I've been trying out uh, their their latest uh, product, which is the Hero Eight, which is has just basically just been announced into the market. I've been trying that out over the last uh, last few weeks, get a little bit of a feel for it. And I, I guess when I look back on the previous experience, the last GoPro that I tested was the GoPro Six, so two generations ago. Uh, and I've also tried product from uh, from DJI as well and I, I've got to say I mean GoPro do a uh, do a very good job of the sort of action camera but there's a fair few of us who maybe don't fall into that category of uh, uh, you know jumping off uh, jumping off cliffs doing base jumping and uh, you know action uh, you know mountain biking and other bits and pieces but you know still have some good uses uh, you know for for these uh, the, these cameras, um, the the Hero Eight for me, what I what sort of you know stands out in terms of what what's different, is that they've uh, they've continued down this track of um, what they what they sort of brand as hyper smooth, which is their video stabilization technology, and and that's uh, you know just seems to keep uh, keep improving, and certainly others are, are competing with that, trying to create a nice smooth video. Even though there might be lots of uh, lots of lots of movement, uh, so they've done some quite n- n- nice stuff with that. Um, and one of the capabilities of the GoPro that I have found pro- probably one of the most useful uh, is their time lapse type recording. So I was uh, recording with a GoPro um, going back ne- nearly um, nearly two years ago uh, in the US when we were uh, we were driving along on the motorway and I had. Uh, in time-lapse mode, the, the GoPro uh, running, and that's when we saw a SpaceX uh, rocket launch, and it was it was wow. it was something else in the sky, and we at the time didn't know what it was, but really cool to be able to uh, you know run run a camera to sort of you know capture what's happening when you're on a road trip, uh, if you're going hiking. I mean, there's so many different sort of scenarios where that sort of uh, mm. time-lapse can be quite cool. Uh, and you know, and of course, if, you know, mountain biking and whatnot, all those sort of scenarios, you know, definitely, uh, you know, definitely quite quite neat. We use a GoPro now in the uh, in the New Zealand Tech Podcast um, re- recording when we're doing videos. Uh, it's just part and parcel now of the podcast's uh, New Zealand studio. It allows us to get that uh, that that wide shot. And uh, f- you know, for instance, we have a, one of the political parties, the ACT Party, that comes in here and uh, and records a show, goes out. Live to uh, to Facebook each week, and uh, you know that was that was actually sort of the trigger to to make the uh, the GoPro a permanent part of you know our studio. It's not a huge studio, but with a camera like that, we we're able to sort of catch that uh, that wider view of, of everybody in the room quite uh, quite easily. Um, the, so the, the Hero Eight uh, landing in New Zealand. Um, 
uh, as of as of now, um, six hundred and seventy dollars is their, uh, their their launch price. It's not a, a low cost um, camera. That's a Hero Eight Black. I think they'll have the lower price points, which they've always had, and no doubt last year's models will probably be you know getting out there at at, at varying sort of lower prices. I think I saw um, the the lowest price model in. Um, uh, what was it? Noel Leeming for about around three hundred and fifty the the other the other day. So there's a fair few um, price points. They're very popular though, Paul. I, I I think you'd be hard pressed to see a motorbike go past without some form of GoPro on the helmet. And I don't know if that's just they want to record their riding. Um, I have alternate transport to work, and the amount of people that have GoPros, you know, on their scooters on their helmets again. Often on the helmets. Yeah, I uh, guess it's that safety it's, thing. Yeah, you capture if something, going some, on. something, you know, something odd, odd happens, or yeah, accidents. There's all sorts of reasons why yeah. people want to capture. But they're that, out uh, there and they're, they're that, sort that, of used. Their footage. I guess that you know the challenge for the likes of GoPro is when the market's saturated and everybody's got something, is they have to keep coming out with a better and better product to to you know. Um, to be able to you know sell something into the market, and then they end up with a lot of secondhand products mm-hmm. that sort of filter through. But I guess you know every time you get one of these products, and then you hear about the new one, you kind of want to uh, jump to the new one if the features are good. It's a little bit like that the the whole uh, you know one upmanship in in, uh, in smartphones really. And uh, yeah, I mean I think you know GoPro are, are, are doing uh, uh, doing a good a good job on that front with improvements each year. I think uh, yeah, probably a lot of the then this one's been rumoured online for a while. Uh, you know, sometimes the rumours a little bit off, and people are expecting capabilities that maybe they're not quite able to uh, to deliver. Uh, but you know, generally the capabilities seem to be um, you know seem to be quite reasonable. What they're doing this time, um, so they've got that Hero Hero Eight Black, uh, which is going to have some add-ons available to it, which is a which is a new thing that we haven't seen before. Uh, they've got a media uh, mod which adds a um, a shotgun uh, mic, and it also provides external mic adapter. Uh, HDMI, which they they no longer have in the um, in the eight, uh, and Type C USB C connector, which is is the, the standard way of charging them and and, and connecting these days. Uh, they've got a display mod, which pops allows you to basically um, pop another uh, a screen, a one point nine inch uh, display, which you can you know have facing in either direction, and then a, a lighting uh, mod. And that that can even be used sort of you know underwater. So uh, a friend of mine who's been on the show before, Jason Hosking, uh, amazing uh, you know f- photographer, and I know he's used the GoPro sort of you know underwater uh, filming and and photography and and some awesome footage. And you know of course that sort of scenario having light is good, but there's a lot of scenarios where where um, you know having having a little bit of a light attached to your camera is uh, is good. And then the uh, the other one they've got uh, coming is the what they're calling the GoPro Max which isn't out yet uh, and this is a refresh of their 360 degree uh, camera so it's got a lens on the front and a lens on the back and some very smart stuff that they're doing uh, with the software I've I've only um, you know, had a look at some some sort of samples on that I haven't tried it out uh, yet um, but I am am certainly looking forward to trying that one out uh, when I think that one's launching in the market uh, still still maybe a few weeks off uh, the hero 8 um, I think 15th of October when that's first available yeah 24th of October uh, for the uh, the the max so um yeah it's good uh, good good products um one thing i would recommend with gopros and this was my one of my learnings uh with the hero 6 is if you are getting one of these make sure you update the firmware uh and when a product first comes out uh sometimes the the firmware can take a little while to get stable uh, I'm hoping, and, and based on my experience so far with the Hero 8, it seems uh, seems pretty uh, pretty good. But th- there may still be a bit more work to do there yet. So uh, keep an eye out for those software updates just to um, to, to get it working uh, really uh, really well. Oh, one of the things that does um, that I thought was quite cool with the um, with the Hero 8 is this uh, ability for it to. Um, basically, work out the horizon, and so if you if you're holding your camera at the wrong angle, uh, it will automatically be able to straighten up and crop the video so that the horizon line is straight. 
Um, and it can be quite hard when you're attaching a camera to different things to actually, you know, get that spot on. Um, so they've got sensors in there to uh, uh, to do that. And um, uh, the other bit that I mentioned, which was the time lapse, they've kind of got the smart time lapse, which will change uh, this the the sort of the the, the the regularity of shooting depending on the speed at which you're mo- moving uh, which is a unique feature we haven't seen before so um, yeah, a few interesting thing, things in there uh, and they have this ability to sort of sync to their uh, their cloud for unlimited storage which um, I've been playing around with as well I think is is quite uh, quite quite handy so that's that's all about GoPro uh, a few few bits and pieces there on the go uh, the GoPro front and we'll certainly have more uh, once the uh, once the Max product comes out. Uh, now Tesla, I um, was quite pleased to find out this weekend that Tesla rolling it rolling out uh, what they're calling their version ten uh, update to their vehicles. And as uh, as someone uh, as a new Tesla owner, uh, to get new capabilities just a couple of weeks in is uh, kind of cool. Uh, now, what did, what did they launch? Well, here in New Zealand, a bunch of capabilities, uh, but the, the things that sort of stood out for me is that there's uh, Netflix, YouTube, browser, uh, there's also Spotify access, which uh, Spotify was in there previously for the um, for some of the vehicles, but not for the um, the, the lower uh, the lower cost models. Uh, so that's been uh, that's been added in, and, and browser has been available to some, but that seems to have gone out there more broadly. Now you're never quite sure with uh, with Tesla. I've got to say they don't always communicate these things clearly, uh, and sometimes it may appear as though they change their mind. So Hulu was in there on Monday morning. The Hulu app is gone on Tuesday morning. Oh, uh, of course, we don't actually have Hulu in the New Zealand market, so that that will be why they've why that's disappeared. Um, they uh, they've got a, a capability that allows you to close the windows on the car, which um, incidentally, over the last few days, uh, somebody did leave a, a window open on the on the Tesla. That's something you can do from your app. So um, it doesn't at this stage it doesn't alert you that you've left a window open, which I think probably would be maybe more useful to know hey you know you left your window open four hours ago or half an hour ago and you've left your vehicle that that might not be the best thing um maybe they can you know do some smart stuff and tie that up with a rain sensor and uh, um, tell you or automatically close the windows for you but yeah a bunch of a bunch of good stuff going on uh, going on there anyway with the tesla uh what they haven't got that they've just launched in the u.s is what's called smart summon and uh, that's a capability where your car will uh, will come to you in a car park so you you tap on the map or show it where you are and uh, it'll drive across the car park and uh, and and find you autonomously which uh, sounds like a bit of fun no doubt we'll get that uh, in the not too uh, not too distant future um, what what do you what do you think about these uh, software updates for uh, cars uh, I Greg? just think I mean, the whole thing's incredible to be honest um, for those uh, maybe who haven't experienced you know being in a Tesla or just the whole story around it it is pretty mind-blowing but um, I was just thinking if the window is down there's not much to steal because it's all actually in the car as it were <laughs> other than ripping the uh, dashboard part off which is just a big screen in itself there's not a lot else that's visible because it's all just kind of sitting inside the vehicle it's just i just think it's incredible to be honest the whole thing the it package. is a very, yeah very and if that's the lower package vehicle, vehicle then it's, it's it's absolutely stunning uh yeah there's just a lot of it's a good it's a good story it's a good product and you know even just these things you think well netflix what's that got to do with the car well you know potentially families are spending time in car and, and kids and what have you and it's just Another way, when you're parked up, having ice cream, the kids can just have a play and what have you if they're fortunate enough to be anywhere near the screen. But uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing is just incredible and the vision behind it and the, the execution, even though it's taken time, I think is, you know, it's hit the ground running now that they're finally coming out um, and the cars are being delivered. I, I doubt there'd be much negativity around it, to be honest. Yeah, so. I mean, I think there are definitely varying opinions out there. And of course, you know, a lot of people are fans of of you know different automakers uh, that you know that they've already been buying for you know for a long time 
Uh, so you know we'll certainly be be you know continuing to follow what others are doing. But I think there's some uh, there's some there's some good uh, disruptive pressure that they put mm, on the sure. uh, on the market, which is uh, is is great. Now um, Boston Dynamics, and you know we've been following their journey mostly through uh, uh, YouTube videos and and videos sort of shared on uh, on on social media uh, for for some time. Um, they've they've moved into sort of a new phase where you can now go and um, uh, lease one of their, uh, their their robots. So you know these uh, these robots have been in the in the lab for uh, for a long time, uh, and they uh, you know they've they've announced um, the public release of their uh, what they're calling their spot. Uh, robot, and this means that uh, organisations can, uh, uh, you know, can stump up and uh, and get one. So it's it's not just going to be uh, videos of them uh, in the lab, but uh, you know, you potentially, if you could, uh, if you had a good enough use within your uh, within your business, uh, your organisation, or your maybe your. Uh, um, from a, a military purpose, uh, kindergarten. <laughs> I mean, there, there's 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 all sorts. Take care of, of that lot over there, <laughs> will you? Uh, p- potential for this stuff, but uh, yeah, now they're moving into into a phase where uh, you know you can actually get your uh, get get your hands on. So um, yeah, kind of um, uh, kind of, it'll be kind of scary to to see uh, what what happens with these things or not. I I hope it will be on the the not side, and these things aren't. Uh, uh, aren't, aren't too freaky so uh, yeah um, now also on the sort of uh, new product front Microsoft have got their new surfaces Surface Pro uh, 7 uh, 15 inch Surface laptop and uh, an arm powered Surface a whole bunch of details around that stuff has uh, uh, has leaked on online. Looks uh, looks pretty interesting. We'll dive into that a little bit more, uh, you know, following the uh, the, the formal uh, announcement. So we'll, we might uh, delve into that one uh, uh, next week. Now, what else have we got oh, from from a from a New Zealand perspective? You know, I think there's uh, there's always lots uh, going on locally, and you know, each week we get some. Uh, you know news releases and 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 headlines through. I see from Two Degrees today that they've announced they've uh, hit a hundred thousand customers using their uh, uh, their fixed broadband services, which is is a fair uh, fair bit of growth. And I mean, I certainly hadn't noticed that they were uh, that they were you know growing at a you know at a particular pace. I don't know you know what they've done to uh, uh, to attract that growth, but they seem to be a, a Seem to have been the sort of the fastest uh, growing, I guess, coming off sort of a, a you know much smaller base than uh, uh, than than uh, Spark and uh, and and Vodafone. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's always good to see competition uh, in the space. And you know, from from all I'm aware of, Two Degrees does seem to provide a um, you know, a pretty compelling um, you know offering in that in that space. So. Obviously, uh, you know, maybe competing a, a bit harder than they did when they first came into the uh, into the market um, with their fixed services. Um, now, on when it comes to uh, comes to five G, of course, you know, just a few weeks ago that uh, that Vodafone announced that they're launching their uh, their their five G uh, network in New Zealand. Uh, towards the end of the year, but they've already uh, they're already up and uh, up and running with a trial now uh, added to what they're doing in Auckland. They've added a, a trial in uh, Addington in uh, Christchurch, so they're testing uh, 5G at Addington uh, race race course, uh, where they say they've got a mobile cell site that's been upgraded. Um, by uh, Nokia uh, with uh, with 5G um, capabilities, so uh, that's happening as, as as well as the tests that they're doing at uh, at five um, five sites around uh, Auckland, and then of course they're they're um, you know switching on commercially in December, and at that stage they're aiming to have um, I think about a hundred 5G uh, sites. Well. 
So we're, we're, you know, we're, we're rapidly going to move into a 5G world uh, in New Zealand. Well, to, to, a, to a degree, because it would, you know, this, these things will take some time. Uh, and, and of course, we're still waiting on um, the auction of, of Spectrum. So, you know, Vodafone have, um, um, you know, have some Spectrum available for, for this, but uh, uh, there is an auction that, that, that's still got to take, take place to do with longer term Spectrum availability from uh, 2022 onwards. Um, and alongside that, we've had um, Spark, who have also kicked off um, some live uh, 5G, uh, in this case in the South Island and um, uh, Alexandra um, and in in um, in the in their case, they're using the uh, 2.6 gigahertz uh, band, which is is probably not sort of the um, necessarily the sort of sweet spot for uh, uh, for 5G. Um, there's a you know quite a big preference uh, for using. Uh, the C band at 3,500 uh, megahertz, um, but at least they've got you know they're, they're getting something um, uh, running or they've got something uh, running there, and this is going to be on an invite only uh, basis, and they're talking about another um, five towns before the uh, the end of the year, uh, so it, yeah, it's good good to see 5G being uh, being tested by uh, by Spark as well, even if it is only uh, on an invite only uh, you know basis to, uh, to to start with. So um, yeah, good uh, good movement forward. Mm. Now, also uh, in terms of local news, um, the uh, the Southern Cross um, cable uh, system, which of course is um, or was the primary uh, or the the only uh, cable really linking uh, New Zealand to the rest of the world from an in- internet p- perspective, uh, or, or pair of cables because they've had that uh, that redundancy that's linked us up to Australia and New Zealand. Uh, of course, now there's uh, there there are um, other options depending on whether you're talking to, about connection to the US or connection to Australia. But they've uh, they've announced uh, today uh, that they've got a new agreement in place with uh, with with Telstra, who w- were previously not a shareholder in the uh, the Southern Cross um, network, and uh, that means that that Spark will be. I think they'll be reducing down their shareholding. They're a 50% shareholder, uh, but with bringing Telstra on, they're, they're going to land somewhere around the 40%. Uh, percent. And uh, together, they're going to be contributing to uh, what is being called uh, Southern Cross uh, Next. And so this involves an investment, uh, I think it was around... Uh, uh, heading towards half a billion New Zealand dollars, so US 300 uh, million uh, to fund this uh, uh, this next stage of of development for um, for Southern Cross. Of course, the you know the cable that exists today is 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 starting to age. There's you know I think probably there's still some capacity left, but uh, they're they're looking at uh, at how they compete uh, long longer term with uh, with this announcement. Uh, and they've also got um, Singtel, Optus, and uh, Verizon Business, the other uh, uh, other shareholders in that. So, I mean, I think this is all uh, all good for New Zealand, isn't it, Greg? To have uh, you know more capacity into the country, more resiliency. The more ca- you know undersea cables we've got running to New Zealand, the the less chance that um, you know someone decides to uh, mess up our connection to the outside world and uh, trip over our cables <laughs> and it's interesting you know when we see these partnerships in business you know obviously sometimes it takes time it takes energy they have to think through these things but often these partnerships forge and go forward <laughs> if only our politics could be so well done you know <laughs> get some outcomes but again this is a partnership you know people working together companies um, they see the future and they want to be a part of it and you know you don't want to get left out behind in these kind of situations. Otherwise, you got to go create your own little cable running from X to Y to Z, and you know the cost of that would just be incredible. So, yeah, I, I just like all these stories of partnerships that we're seeing in all different sectors. I think that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting referring to politics because it's certainly uh, 
Um, yeah, this, it seems as though so so much time gets uh, gets wasted by governments on uh, uh, you know on 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 all, all sorts of things. But when it comes down to business, they've got to get in and take action because mm. if they don't, somebody else is going to get Absolutely. in and uh, and and uh, you know eat their lunch or or, or do it first. Uh, which I guess brings us on to um, the, the the reason I wanted to you know a particular reason I wanted to have you on the show today was to talk a little bit about uh, you know what's going on in the sports. Uh, streaming front, uh, because we had the uh, the the announcement in the last uh, last twenty four hours or so around uh, Sky having to um, basically having to go to their uh, their shareholders, and this is, is all about how much that they need to spend to get the broadcast rights that they want. And they're talking about uh, needing approval for $235 million uh, or more uh, to hold on to uh, onto rugby rights that they've, uh, uh, that they've had or that they, they, they currently have, but to be able to uh, renew these, uh, the, these rights for the next, uh, next period going, uh, going forward, uh, super rugby and, and uh, and so on. Um, so it's it's really really big dollars. But Sky have said that they you know that they are committed, uh, and you know they refer to themselves as the home of sport. You know Sky stream all sorts of content. You're a Sky uh, subscriber, uh, but sports has always kind of been that 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 key part of it, right? Absolutely. And of recent days and years, there's less and less to watch on their channel, unfortunately. And, and this is part of the reason when you're talking kind of these numbers, you know, they only have a certain audience that can fund this kind of investment. It's not like, you know, we've got 30 million, 100 million people in New Zealand. So they have to be very smart about how they create revenue from what would look like a smaller pool, I suppose. But this World Cup has been, you know, very frustrating for for us as Sky subscribers subscribers we can't basically watch it <laughs> right unless you sign up for the, for the, for the, for the, the other service yeah and we've you know we've entertained the idea of trying to do that and that seems too stressful you know my mum watches sport a lot and of course you know how do i do it son i wouldn't have a clue and i said well i don't have a clue either so between this for useless but uh, so it hasn't even been easy to go onto a new platform but i mean we would get there if we would you know, if you really wanted if to, we watch really it, wanted yeah. to, we would. And find I guess a way, there's been that thing in the background of the deal that Spark Sport have with TVNZ of knowing that you know a, a good chunk, especially the you know the the, the final, and yes, you know there's, there's a bunch exactly. of games there that are sort of available free to air. Yep. And of course, at the beginning, while Spark were you know working through some some technical matters, there was you know there were a bunch that were available. <laughs> fail, well. fail, fail. That's what we were seeing. <laughs> no, you don't want it to fail. I mean, no. uh, you know, it's great that they've had a shot at it, but you know, even before this with the Formula One, which I'm an avid follower, you know, I can't watch that on Sky anymore. So, so they really are going to have to fight to get back in the game because you know people like myself who love sport I, I basically can't watch it on their channel so it, 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 it's difficult but uh, you know we sympathise with them but that doesn't help us yeah <laughs> yeah like and I guess it's a change for New Zealanders because we've been so used to having one mechanism uh, in Sky to go to for all sport and and now it's becoming like some other parts of the world right. we've got some competition will it or won't it be good for consumers I mean that's a, that's a little bit hard to uh, hard to know how it's going to play out. Um, one th- one thing that you you mentioned before we started was around uh, you know advertising in sport. Mm. Do you think we're going to have to see a bit of maybe a bit of an increase in sort of the the amount of advertising that gets squeezed into to these broadcasts? Because we look at Sky, they've got uh, I think it's over seven hundred thousand subscribers total now between uh you know which has come down but that's that's their total between those with the sky boxes and those with online um subscriptions of one kind or another not all of those will be sport uh spark well all we've heard so far is that their uh their their top streaming is a little bit over a hundred and hundred and twenty thousand concurrent streams which is an impressive number of uh, of, of streams and i would imagine that that will will increase the closer we get to uh, towards the, the final although you know with the final being available free to air as well it, it'll be interesting to see how those numbers uh, land but uh, obviously you know there's quite a differential between the size of their 
their customer bases. But even for Sky, they're under extreme financial pressure. Uh, you know, compared to where they were a few years That's ago, a, they're no longer a billion dollar uh, business in terms of their share market valuation. I think it's you know it's not 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 uh, well. It's certainly below the 500, uh, 500 million uh, point now. It's uh, you know dropped. Uh, maybe you know maybe half or so over the over the last year. Uh, you know the, the the equations are changing, and so there, there may be a bit more of a need to lean into uh, well, you they, know, advertising they just deals. To, even if you watch um, American football, which I do as well, um, you know Amazon advertises quite heavily there now. Mm. Now, why do they need to advertise? <laughs> they're, they're doing bumper business, but that's partially why they're doing great business is because they continue to advertise. So even a company of that size is using sport as a vehicle to advertise itself. So, you know, how could you not be? Um, and, of course, those are the challenges that companies like Sky will face going forward as well as those outside forces wanting to increase their market share and their core businesses and use sport as a as a you know, as a gateway into that. So mm, mm. even off the AFL on the weekend, there was advertising around five G in Australia, and and in the league, there was advertising around five G. Yeah, there's advertising so, you know, around advertising. the field. There's advertising Absolutely. in between. It's kind of it's all over. And when you do the numbers, and you know, I was thinking, okay, Spark have told us you know, hundred and twenty thousand, uh, you know, people. Uh, I think it was a bit north of that, but under, certainly under 130,000. I thought, well, well, let let's imagine there's 200,000 people that have signed up and and are paying for uh, for Spark Sport, and you know, let's be let's be generous and say, well, everybody paid a hundred dollars for the subscription. I think the top price is actually a bit a bit below a hundred. Some will have got it free as you know with a with some a TV or um, some you know Spark. Thing. Or you sign up with Spark, you uh, yeah, get you, you know this you is good business, so, yeah. right? So, so there's a there's a bit of that, but yeah. you imagine in a in a sort of perfect world, they had you know two hundred thousand people that are uh, that are signed up, and each person's paid a hundred dollars a head. Well, that only comes to ten million, <laughs> uh, and they've poured a, a huge amount of you know energy into into making this happen. So you know the advertising part of it is, I think, a very important part of that equation to uh, to to make that work. So yeah, I, th- I mean, I think we we have to and look, you know, Scott, Sky have obviously been running advertising and, and sports for you know many many years. It's nothing new, but we may we may see that sort of step up a bit a bit more uh, in order for the the numbers to uh, to balance out. So um, yeah, I guess we might just have to get we we might have to get used to some of those realities Absolutely. as uh, Absolutely. Uh, as as time uh, time progresses. So yeah, I think you know, fascinating time ahead and. In sport, I do think it's good that we've uh, that we've got the comp- the competition, and you know I, I say you know bring it on, uh, and you know how how Sky will do with you know needing to stump up hundreds of millions uh, for for content. Well, look, they, that's what they've done in the past, and uh, you know I think it's just a nature of the business that they're in. And whether they're able to outbid Spark really comes down to how big a deal is the sport thing for Spark? How much are they willing to risk and, and put on the line? They're a much bigger business now. I think their their uh, market cap is around eight billion, so there's something like sixteen times the size uh, of of Sky now as a business. They've got a lot more strings to their bow, mm. uh, but if they can get this one right, I th- you know I think it will it will be valuable for them, but just how valuable is the equation and yes. are they willing to, to, to throw hundreds and, and, of millions of dollars? And it must be because if you're looking at demographics, you know, my daughter will be 20 in a couple of years and she, they'll have a potential lifespan with her over the next 40, 50 years. But the sky average subscriber at the moment would be probably closer to my age or my mum's age. It's a much shorter lifespan and we, we find it hard to change our, you know, our process around technology whereas the younger generation will just click into online subscriptions whatever tablet format I mean I need a TV I need a remote yeah. before I can do anything and my daughters they don't know what a you remote is you don't need it don't you don't need it though that's you know that's that choice of change but right of it's course just, it is it's just that convenience yes. of well I've done it this, and this is how I it, do it and, so. oh look I could go and get that but uh, you and know, of course that, Sky's banked on that for gonna, a long time it's take a little bit of effort that's actually diminishing that, that market yeah. share whereas you know, kids' tablets, platforms, you know, they, they, they can just operate on anything. Mm, mm. So, of course, that's, that's the market to be gunning for, and that's what Spark's obviously investing in, I would suggest. So yeah, yeah. No, go for ab- gold. Ab- absolutely. 
All right, so now it's time uh, to jump into talking about New Zealand Tech Podcast, the reboot or version uh, 2.0, whatever you want to uh, want to call it. Uh, but look, in, in recent months, we've uh, we've surveyed uh, many of you as listeners to the show. So thank you to um, each of you who's taken that uh, that time out to respond to the survey, uh, provide your feedback, and give some insights that help shape the next stage of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. And of course, it's now been eight and a half years since the New Zealand Tech Podcast launched. It was early uh, early 2011. Uh, a lot has uh, a lot has changed in the tech world uh, in in that time, and the format of the show has changed uh, a little bit. Uh, when I first uh, started the show, it was with. Uh, uh, Brad Borrows, who was part of the show, and Skip Parker joined uh, early on, so they were, they were really uh, you know foundational to getting the show uh, off the ground and established in that first year. In the last uh, seven years or so, uh, that format the format has involved myself and and then varying guests coming onto the show. So, uh, well, probably over must be over a hundred uh, guests who uh, to thank some uh, some really incredible guests over. Uh, over that time, and I think we will have uh, have a lot of great uh, great guests to come as well. If I look back over some of those uh, some of those past uh, guests, we've had sort of a, a mix of you know of quite technical people as well as uh, leaders and and CEOs. We've had uh, political uh, political party uh, folks. We've had uh, we had. Uh, a uh, short chat with Alan Mulally, who was the CEO of uh, of Ford at the time. Uh, Alec Ross, uh, who was a uh, senior advisor uh, to Hillary Clinton as uh, when she was Secretary of uh, State. Uh, and then, I mean, as well as those sort of international folks, and I mean, from lots of different companies, I think uh, Eugene Kaspersky, uh, the founder and CEO at Kaspersky uh, Labs, uh, people from varying different parts of the, the international uh, tech media, uh, founders of uh, The Verge, uh, for, for instance, uh, there, uh, Nilay Patel and uh, Joshua Topolsky. Um, people from the likes of ZDNet on the tech front, uh, Dell, HP, Microsoft, uh, Twitter, uh, of course, the, you know, locals like uh, Rod Drury from uh, from from Zero. Uh, really, a, you know, a whole a whole mix, and uh, and you know, a lot of great uh, New Zealand folks who have uh, who have contributed and and been involved in uh, making the show what it is. So you know, very much my my goal is that we uh, we only we only step that up so uh, that you know we will have more uh, excellent guests coming through on the show as we do the uh, as we do this this reboot of the show the format what you'll notice is probably some uh, most of the changes maybe a little bit uh, gradually but we will be uh, we will be making changes and and transitioning the show now a little bit about some of the uh, some of the feedback that came through in the survey so it does seem that the majority of, of listeners want a show of at least half an hour in length and a pretty big proportion uh, would prefer uh, 45 minutes or, or longer. In fact, that's uh, it was you know, nearly half uh, preferred to be 45 minutes uh, to an hour or one hour plus. And I know there are some who prefer this sort of shorter format show, so a little bit of recommendation there. Uh, if you do want to reduce down the time it takes to listen to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, maybe you don't have much of a commute or much time to uh, to listen in. We have listeners feeding back that they listen to it on on a faster speed, so 1.5 times within their, uh, their podcast player. So um, one recommendation I can make on that front actually is Pocket Casts. That's the podcast uh, player app I've used for a long time. Now, up until a week or two ago, that was a paid app, so it, it had a smaller... Uh, user base that is now free so uh, if you don't use pocket cast right now i would thoroughly recommend uh, getting it it's it's really good in terms of uh, the speed options you can you can step that up whatever uh, speed increment you like 1.1 1.2 1.3 etc uh, also it can take out 
pauses in podcasts. So ends up allowing you to listen to more content in less time. So thoroughly recommend it. Uh, what else have we got there in terms of uh, uh, details back from that uh, that survey? Let me just uh, let me just bring that up. Uh, so the large majority of you uh, over 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 two thirds are involved with uh, technology from a, a professional uh, perspective and uh, a reasonable uh, reasonable chunk have influence over you know some some quite uh, quite sizable uh, budgets as well so you know it, I guess it's nice to know that we're talking to a, a broad cross section uh, you know many of you just listen into the tech podcast from a, a personal interest perspective in, in technology uh, but yeah, some uh, some two thirds of you have a have a professional involvement uh, or decision making, or you know some some aspect of of technology ties into uh, uh, into your your listening and your interest in uh, in technology. So uh, that's uh, that's interesting to to know. Uh, yeah, many many different bits of uh, of of feedback from uh, from you. I think the the vast majority of it was uh, was just you know very supportive, and you know encouraging to keep doing what we're doing uh, with with the show. And you know, of course, there's uh, there's a bunch of people at uh, at, at uh, Gorilla and who help in varying ways behind the scenes in making sure that the New Zealand Tech Podcast comes out uh, each week. Uh, but there were also were, were bits of, uh, you know, feedback on, uh, you know, potential uh, changes to uh, to the show. So we've certainly been uh, been listening uh, listening to that and, uh, and taking that on board. Um, now, part of that, some people do prefer the shorter episodes, and so that's something I'm looking very closely at. It. How can we uh, make sure that each episode doesn't uh, doesn't you know stretch on too long? So we will be looking at uh, these shorter episodes in some cases. Um, certainly, you know, if you if you look over the last few weeks, I think we've had some episodes sort of go go well past an hour. So we, you know, the goal will be very much to minimise. Uh, those really longer format uh, episodes but they still will continue I'm sure from time to time uh, but I'll try and break things out a little bit so we may end up with a few more uh, a few more episodes and some of the discussions may be broken into uh, into extra you know bonus episodes or you know extra content that's not uh, doesn't necessarily include the news of the week so uh, yeah that's uh, that's kind of where we're uh, where we're heading uh, other things well I would like to be able to get uh, it's, it's, you know squeeze, squeeze a bit more research in behind the scenes uh, on the shows and and just you know help lift the value of uh, of each episode and the content that we share uh, certainly the show will continue to have you know, lots of opinions and and you know bringing in those um, th- those uh, thoughts from what people are thinking around what's happening in the news and I'm hoping we will be able to get a little bit uh, a little bit more time from some of our local uh, local journalists uh, in terms of their input on the New Zealand Tech podcast although uh, basically I'm told that everyone's very stretched we don't have a huge number of uh, tech journalists in New Zealand un- unfortunately and uh, you know finding uh, or getting access to them and, and their time is uh, is a little bit of a challenge but uh, you know that's certainly uh, something that, uh, that 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 I'm keen to do as we move forward with the show uh, now some uh, some very uh, direct feedback I had a note here saying well I prefer for Paul to stop umming and ring. And look, that's I think a very fair bit of feedback. So how do we stop me umming and ahhing? Well, part of that comes down to good show research and good notes, because I find it hard to remember all of the brands and products and names and prices and and varying other bits and pieces. So uh, as we move forward with the show, that's part of where we will be investing uh, is having that background support uh, in terms of doing research for uh, for the podcast and for me to be able to put in more time also into that area and maybe I'll be able to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of coaching and for those that have caught me on radio and TV you probably notice that I don't tend to um and ah 
as much in those mediums as I do on a podcast, and that's usually because it's a very, you know very focused uh, segment that I I know you know inside out and back to front usually what I'm going to be talking about. But with a podcast, we cover so many uh, so many things. I do uh, do sometimes uh, struggle to remember all of those uh, all of those details. Uh, but I think that some additional research will will certainly help, and you know, maybe there are some other other things that I can uh, I can I can do on that front. So if that's been one of your one of your complaints, I think you'll be, look forward to uh, to that improving as we go forward. Also, I expect that we're going to be able to do more video, and there will be yeah there will be that that variety of episodes a little bit more variety of episodes than what we've seen uh, in the past and really overall I would say I'd like to say that the the result should be a better show really for everybody who who listens in although anytime there's change I suppose there might be uh, might be some people who prefer the show the way the way a show used to be so I hope we don't uh, we don't change so many things that uh, you won't want to keep listening uh, listening in but I, I certainly uh, have very high hopes for where we go with progressing the New Zealand tech podcast uh, forward from here uh, also, I think we will have a bit more uh, time and resource to invest into some of the the technology and product reviews that we do, so we get a little bit a little bit deeper, uh, a bit more actual testing on some of the products that end up being discussed on on the show. So you're getting that that real world New Zealand uh, first hand uh, feedback on the varying bits and pieces of, of technology that uh, that do uh, come in for review from from time to time and you know maybe a few more brands uh, represented as well so who is it that's decided to come on board and to help us with this new phase of the New Zealand Tech podcast well we're st- we're still looking for uh, for partners but uh, our foundation, our initial partners that we have on board, and I'm very, very pleased uh, to announce their support uh, because this show is really here to support the New Zealand uh, tech community, to support individuals and businesses and those who are wanting to see New Zealand succeed and do better, uh, both at home and on a global stage uh, through technology. And, you know, it's very much uh, my goal that we, we become, a, you know, a, a good contributor uh, to New Zealand in those regards. And uh, really, I, you know, I think everybody that listens in, uh, you know, pro- probably, uh, you know, you have a purpose behind listening in in terms of, either, you know, keeping up to date for your uh, personal interest and satisfaction uh, or so that your organisation can, can do better uh, by utilising and leveraging technology. Uh, so great to know we have four companies that have come on on board uh, on day one for the the New Zealand Tech Podcast reboot. Uh, first up is HP, uh, formerly Hewlett Packard or HP Inc. that they're uh, referred to now, uh, makers of of lots of technology. But uh, uh, most often in in my life, it tends to be uh, HP uh, laptops that I uh, come across and HP uh, printers. Uh, they've also got some, uh, you know, they've got screens and 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 so on. So uh, lots, uh, lots of uh, appreciation to HP for uh, coming on board and and really supporting the New Zealand uh, tech com- community by uh, by being part of this. Uh, also, uh, Sumo Logic. Now, some of you may recall that we had uh, we had uh, Christian Bedkin uh, on the show from uh, Sumo Logic. Earlier on this year, uh, founder was here from uh, from Silicon Valley. Uh, very successful. I don't know if you can call them little. Uh, certainly, you know, as a as a uh, tech company goes, I guess they're on the smaller end. They're uh, uh, in the hundreds of uh, hundreds of employees, but I, I would imagine they're probably a, a billion dollar plus business uh, already. Uh, Sumo Logic, who are uh, known for their uh, machine data analytics uh, technology, the cloud-based uh, services that that they offer. Uh, so yeah, they're 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 getting behind, which is uh, is great to uh, great to have another uh, global firm that's supporting the show. And then we have uh, our two big telcos. We have both um, Spark and Vodafone uh, New Zealand who have who have come on board to uh, 
uh, to support the this next phase of the New Zealand Tech podcast. So, uh, yeah, I really would encourage uh, encourage listeners to uh, to support these brands. Uh, certainly, they're they're showing their support of the New Zealand Tech community uh, by getting behind the New Zealand Tech podcast uh, going forward. So, uh, yeah, really, really pleased to be able to announce that. And look, as we go forward and we start making these changes to uh, to the show, feel free to keep your feedback uh, coming. You can reach me uh, via LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, and uh, and Twitter. Uh, so any of those channels and start looking out for the video because there will be more video content uh, coming from the New Zealand Tech podcast and if you've got suggestions for guests and particular topics that you'd love to have covered on the show uh, then do get in touch because uh, you know as we uh, as we develop the show uh, it really you know either comes down to uh, comes down to me coming up with the ideas or it comes down to the audience uh, you know letting us know and of course we get uh, we get support and suggestions from uh, from some of those brands who are supporting the next uh, the next phase of the show as well and they will be making their people available to us uh, through uh, throughout the year as well so you know you'll hear a little bit more uh, from from people associated with HP sumo logic spark uh, and Vodafone uh, New Zealand um, but I do want to just just reiterate and we, you know we've said this in the past on the show uh, that that our sponsors don't uh, uh, you know don't dictate uh, opinions on the show in any you know in any shape or or, or form so you know if there's something to uh, to pull these brands up on it at any point then uh, or, or hard questions to ask them and that sort of thing will uh, will continue on and I, you know I think it's fair to say uh, you know within the New Zealand context uh, as as I'm sure uh, in other markets it's a it's a fairly uh, you know fairly uh, you know tight-knit world from a uh, a perspective of uh, of journalism and you know I commentate across on you know on varying media and so you know I will always share my uh, uh, my I guess my my opinion on matters whether it happens to uh, line up with with whether uh, you know a particular brand is a uh, a supporter or not of the show and uh, and, and uh, you know I think yeah as as we look at our media in New Zealand there's certainly um, some, sometimes the sponsorships I've come across with with media brands that I've been dealing with, uh, you know, I've had had comments from them saying, "Oh, well, we have to be a little bit careful on that topic because uh, you know they're involved uh, sponsoring uh, something or or as an advertiser." Um, I will probably take a. Um, uh, a, a different line on on these matters. I think you know if we have somebody who's supporting the show, and uh, there's something that uh, we we you know we want to talk about, maybe they're not doing so well. We'll, we'll have that discussion uh, anyway. Um, but you know, a, as sponsors, it does mean we get a bit more access to them. So you you know you will be hearing uh, a, li- a little bit more, I hope, from uh, from some of these uh, um, organisations, uh, and and that will really help us tap into probably some. Uh, some new areas and we've already been discussing some potential topics uh, for for upcoming shows that are that are pretty exciting so uh, that's it for this episode thank you everyone uh, thank you so much for uh, for being a supporter of the show by listening in uh, that is is hugely appreciated and look keep that feedback coming we certainly want to uh, want to continue delivering uh, not just a good show but a really really excellent show going forward and that's very much what these partnerships are all about and uh, certainly you will I think uh, you know st- start to notice a, a few of these changes uh, you know fairly quickly on the show over the next few weeks ahead all right thanks it that's uh, that's us signing out for the New Zealand Tech podcast this week and of course remember to uh, to look us up on uh, on those varying social media uh, platforms and uh, um, look out for uh, for our videos coming coming through so no video this week though taking a break from uh, uh, from video but uh, we are committing to do at least half of our episodes uh, at least 24 episodes a year uh, will be on uh, on on video uh, of full episodes and there will be some short form video uh, content also uh, coming up all right thanks everyone catch ya The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.